this is Radar, coming at you with the first ever Off the Radar podcast. For those who are familiar, I have a podcast called On the Radar, where I talk about local, national sports, and pop culture. This time, I decided I'm going to start doing these Off the Radar podcasts, where they're not necessarily talking about sports in particular that are local, national, or pop culture, but more about things that are happening in the world, things are happening in my life personally, and I just went on this huge one week long trip to New York City. The last few times I was there for funerals, Israel trip, or last year my current roommate who was then just still my friend was like, yeah, I'm going to go to New York for a couple of days. You want to join? And I was like four days to five at most. So, you know, not everyone was available. There wasn't time to do every little thing that, you know, you want to do. So, yeah, the first way that this uh, trip started was everyone's telling me why don't you take the cta orange line train which goes around the loop and goes to midway airport you know how there's a blue line train that goes to the o'hare airport and then the other direction that one runs 24 7 this one i find out when i wake up before i went to bed i'm like oh crap that thing does not run 24 7 i've never heard of a train not running 24 7 when an airport almost runs 24 7 now, Midway, obviously, airport not running 24-7, but if there are flights at 6 in the morning and people need to get through security and they have to check their baggings as well, it is just like, why in the world do you not have the ability to have that? So I got to take this bus and this bus. You know how buses go. They got to follow the, the street lights. People are going to request to get off the bus. People are going on the bus. I'm like, it's 4 in the morning. How many bozos? are up now taking the train unless they're going to the airport. How many are getting off? It seemed like every single person was like, no, I got to get off or get on it this early in the morning. And then it goes parallel to the Orange Line stop. So after like Roosevelt Street, there's like seven stops before Midway and they got to go around that. And I felt like I was on the bus for an hour because I'm like, I just got to get there super quick, quick as possible. And of course, by the time that I got there, I had plenty of time, but the way it works is, you know, I had to go up the stairs. There is no ramp, elevator, no escalator with my suitcase. Then you got to go down the longest, you know, tunnel area to get into the airport. Then once you know, get into the airport, then you got to find your airline, check your bag, weigh it in because Southwest gives you free check-in bags over a certain way. And then you got to go further and further to whatever gate you're at. Then you finally get to security. And then, you know what, going security wasn't that bad. It actually took quickly because, you know, you take out your medals, your laptop, you empty your water bottle, that's it. Everything else that I had was in my was in my check-in bag, not my carry-on. Okay, then the flight took like 20 extra minutes to, to take off. I watched the movie, didn't finish it all, but either way. Then, you know, I got off, and then, of course, you're like, I'm tired, I just want my stuff. So then you're like, well, great. I finally got my stuff. Now I got to get to the bus. Then you got to wait for this free bus. By the time the bus shows up, then you get to the MTA station and then you got to buy a pass. Of course, I didn't know what I was doing, so I bought a one-time only pass. I could have saved money and bought myself a a week pass, which I did. Then I took that train and then I got to take like another one. Then I finally, when I get there, depending on where you're on the train, they let you out in New York, you're at the wrong exit in terms of where the Google Maps tells you what to do. And I had this huge heavy suitcase, so I gotta go up the stairs. And another thing, 
Finally. Then I get to my friend's place. And of course, the issue I had all week with my friend is his stupid landlord doesn't care that the the doors to get in, the one to get in the lobby, and then the one to actually get in the apartment, you have to jiggle it like you're getting electrocuted up, down, left, and right. And I've never seen that in all my years of living. You get a key and you open it up. There are no elevators. He's all the way on the, like the, the last floor, you know. So that's a schlep. And then I finally, and I was like, I was hoping to get picked up from the airport because I had told them, but of course, his memory I realized is really bad. And then of course, I don't, I'm, I'm like too wired to take a nap or anything. So I'm like, whatever, I could eat my lunch or get my lunch ready, I could set up. And then I take the train to Penn Station, a pretty popular train station, and I get on the Long Island Railroad, you know, railroad, you know? So I take that. First time ever taking a train to Long Island. And of course, my luck, I got to take it to one stop. I got to take it to a certain stop, get off, and cut on a completely different one, and then I get off. And, you know, I'm tired, so my direction of where north and south and west is pretty darn stupid. I have actually no idea what I'm doing. I ask people, you know, they don't tell me, and I realize I'm going the wrong way. Then I walk to my cousin. It's like, I could have picked you up. I'm like, you know what? Not that far of a walk. You know, I haven't seen his cousin except for briefly when my grandfather passed away two years ago. So it was nice to see him and meet his middle child, which is a daughter, and his son, who obviously I've never met. Only met the stepdaughter when she was very young at the wedding, when he got married years ago. And it was cool, you know, eating my lunch. He offered me pizza. I can't eat that. You know, interacting with his kids. I got a son of socks at his daughter's puzzle and stuff animal. But, of course, the other one is wanting thing. And then, you know, he's like, let me show you the house. So he's renovating his house where you, where everything's, like, gone, gone. You can't get into the kitchen. You know, there's tarps everywhere. There's wood everywhere. So he's just showing me where this is going to be. This is going to be. Everyone gets their own bathroom. The attic's going to get a bathroom because supposedly where they live, it's a flood zone. So they've got a basement, which is interesting, you know, Outdoor, you can get through the guest room on the first floor, all that stuff, and that was cool, you know. And then there's like a kosher s convenience store where pretty much everything's kosher. Offered me to get something interesting, and then you know, come back, start watching Obi Wan. I fall asleep through that. Watch X Men with this kid, and he treats me to takeout because there's nothing is enough, you know, leftovers. And I had this kosher place called Izzy. Supposedly it's a kosher restaurant chain in New York, New Jersey. Long, complicated menu. I just ordered something. It was pretty good. Beef with French fries and hummus wasn't bad. And then I got off, then I got on the train, get off, get on another train, and then I did the Penn Station, and I'm like, maybe I go to a comedy show, because I look up that Greenwich Village has their own comedy club in New York, and there's another one, like, ten minutes away, but my friend goes, I don't really like comedy, and I'm like, who in the world doesn't like comedy? Like, I don't know, is it because he's Israeli? I don't know. Either way, so I walk around Times Square, but it's Sunday night after, like, eight o'clock, so pretty much everything is closed. So I go around, look at cool things. Then my friend goes, well, let me go watch a movie. And I'm like, okay, let's see Doctor Strange. Let's go see the the movie, you know, you know, Top Gun Maverick. I haven't seen Top Gun. I probably remember anything from it from like years ago. And of course, he's like, no, I've seen both of those. I'm like, well, can we go see Bob's Burgers? Like, I don't know what Bob's Burger is. And I'm like, are you kidding me? But Buzz Lightyear hasn't come out. The new Jordan Peele movie, Nope, hasn't come out. So I'm like, he's like, we're going to go see Jurassic World. And I bought them off eBay. And I'm like, you can buy tickets off eBay? That's weird. Buy tickets off eBay. Comes with large popcorn, a large drink. The manager wouldn't even budge on, I'm allergic to dairy. He can't swallow popcorn because he's got a stomach issue. 
Look, sorry, we can't. If the coupon says this, the coupon says this. And all my years working in the restaurant, when somebody's got an allergy, we try to make it work. I should have kept the cup, but, you know, I threw it out eventually, but it, it was a Top Gun Maverick cup. And then that we saw Jurassic World, and it felt like it dragged on forever. I was really tired. I probably should have gone to bed right away, but I didn't. And then in the morning, we, we decided we're going to walk to the first thing. We went to the Eldridge Street, you know, synagogue. like the oldest synagogue. They don't meet anymore. They rest, restored it. All that. It's like this landmark. They're still running on, you got to wear a mask, and my neck gator doesn't count. And it was like, suggest what you pay. So it was interesting. So yeah, it was fun to do that. You know, I already know all this stuff being Jewish, so all this stuff, I thought it was an interesting thing to do. Not that long. You know, it's going to be simple enough to go there. It doesn't cost much. And then in New York, if you find out, most museums are going to open on Monday Tuesday. So things that open on Monday and Tuesday, you get pretty lucky. And then we went to the, my late night with Seth Meyers taping, where, you know, it's filmed at Rockefeller Center, you know, 30 Rock. NBC Studios don't do tours. You know, Rockefeller got their own tour, but it's like a historical architectural tour, and Radio City Music Hall does their own one. And then go to the NBC gift shop, and inside of it's like a mall, so there's like stores and restaurants and all these other things. So it's interesting. So, you know, they're like, you can't wait in line, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, cool. And I'm like, man, I've been here this early, blah, blah, blah. And you find out tickets are randomized, and you're just like, really now? So despite coming early... The tickets are randomized, so it's, there are 13 rows. I'm in the 10th row, but I'm, like, right there on the side where there's no cameras, nothing. I can see everything. The guy warming up, I, 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 like, you know, tell him I never miss an episode of Seth Meyers or an episode of, you know, him on SNL, so he throws me a T-shirt. I got a T-shirt. I'm like, cool. That's going to be the coolest thing ever. And in the waiting room, you, they have bathrooms. They got a water fountain. They got screens playing Seth Meyers. But once they let you in, you got to turn off your phone because... Fallon and SNL pretty much record right next to you, and obviously it's not the season, but it's like you gotta, you gotta turn your phones off. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to get in trouble because I want to come back. So of course, Seth Meyers comes out and tells you his whole artistic process and how the show's gonna go. Monologue, closer look they're gonna do later, but then they're gonna have the people who are on the show. And you're like, okay, cool. Then they're like, when that's done with, Jewel the singer has a new song out. She's gonna perform. Okay, then when that's over, they're going to do Closer Look, and you'll see how it looks later on. I'm like, okay, cool. But because Jewel, you know, setting up, and they got all the lights and all the special effects, they're like, okay, cool. Seth is going to do a Q&A. So I raised my hand, I asked him, what is, what, is, what is his favorite role ever in movies and SNL? And I probably should have asked him something completely different. But, you know, knowing me, I like kind of froze for a second because I'm like, wow, I'm in the... 10th row out of 13, but he's coming up towards the crowd, and you're like, I really want to see, you know, what a response, and he goes, well, nothing in movies, but it's more of like a role I did on Saturday Night Live with, you know, Christopher Walken, but the actress on the show was Christine Barnaski, who's a 21 actress from The Good Fight, The Good, the good Wife, she does Tony Award shows, and she's in The Gilded Age or something, so you're like, okay, she's famous, I've seen her before, gorgeous for her age. She played Leonard's mother in The Big Bang Theory. That's what I know her from. Then you got Matthew Good, who was also part of that Good Wife, Good Fight franchise, but he's promoting this mini-series. You're like, okay, cool. Go listen to Jewel. Then I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Seth, I've never missed an episode of your show or a thing of, S- of SML. I've been a fan, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, man, I really appreciate it. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. You know, I already said hi to – I already waved to the cue card guy, Wally, who does SNL. And 
the show's over, and I'm like, cool, Seth doesn't come out to the crowd like Jimmy Fallon. That's fine. I got the shirt. I got to ask him a question and tell him how much I like him. He leaves, and everyone's exiting, and Wally comes up to me like, oh, my God, hey, it's Wally. He's like, uh, Seth said to give this to you. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. And I get a autographed cue card of the first one. You know, this is late night with Seth Myers. How you doing? Blah, 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 blah. Great. I'm like on cloud nine. I walk out. There's an MLB store, and I'm just like enamored by all the baseball stuff, but it's so expensive. And then I'm like, well, I got to get myself off the Crown Heights because my friend from high school all of a sudden became super religious, became a rabbi. He's out there in the central of you know, Jewish town, you know, 770, he's like, let's pray, let's do the afternoon prayer, let's wrap the fill, and I'm like, okay, cool, then, he's like, I'm gonna treat you to dinner, I'm like, okay, cool, his wife does her own thing, whatever the case is, and he treats me to this brisket place, you know, and I'm just like, okay, cool, it could have been called Izzy's, I don't know, because probably mixing up no holy schnitzel was the sunday night where i got the steak sandwich with french fries izzy supposedly is like the number one brisket in all new york and it's kosher treats me he's like well just walk up here and he ordered a side dish and he's like yeah i'm not even gonna eat the rest of it i'm like okay that's weird it wasn't the most filling but for the 20 something dollars for a brisket sandwich don't say it's coleslaw if it's just gonna be stupid cabbage you know because most restaurants that give people coleslaw and a pickle it's like actually worth it you know, it's not this small little thing there for the price they're charging. And then it's like, they don't have enough space in their big space. So you got to go all the way to the other side and then sit. And there's like no option for water. It's pretty stupid. Then, you know, he tells me to go take the train. I thought like, okay, cool. Go this way, get on, go there, get on the train, take it to this one. Because, you know, they're numbered trains, they're letter trains, they're colored. And pretty much a lot of them, if they go into the same station, it doesn't matter which one you're getting on. You just got to get off the right time. I... You know, I'm waiting for the next train. And they're like, yeah, this train's not showing up. So then I got to get on the train and go back one stop, they said. Then get on another train. Then get off and get on another one. And I'm staying at a friend's house because the original friend I'm staying at, this place was small. A week with somebody, it's a lot. So then I get finally to my friend's house, Robert Poland, and he lives in a different part of New York, more north of where my friend lived, my first friend lived. And, you know, we chill, we catch up for a bit. You know, then I go to bed. And then I'm thinking, okay, cool, I brought all my stuff for the next for Wednesday because I'm going to stay at a friend's house Wednesday night and I can't take stuff. It's Colbert. Of course, he's not ready. So I'm like, well, screw it. Call my friend. He's not waking up. Well, we're not able to go to the museum. So we found out that Madame Tussaud cost a lot of money, but also you got to do it in advance. And then if you do it in advance, it's even more money for stuff that you don't even want to do. And I'm like, I don't want to keep spending $40 per ticket on it. Stupid museums. So we go to this thing called the Rise Museum and it's like about someone about architect and pop culture they give you on like a fake train ride at the beginning with Jeff Goldblum narrating and then you walk around. It's all about Archicheck and all these other cool things that happened in New York with some, you know, inventions. They're like there's radio, there's TV. Really cool. And then, of course, they have like the Honeymooner set, which is one of the coolest things ever. Then they have like All in the Family and other shows. Like basically it's like anything that takes place in New York, the Jefferson, Saturday Night Live, Law and Order. And then they have like Oscar the Grouch where he just all of a sudden scared the crap out of me because, like, I'm, you know, taking photos, looking at everything, Seinfeld, they got one of Jerry, they got one of the shirts, and then they got, like, Power and Gossip Girl and Mad Men because all those take place in New York. 
Then they got the Friends couch, and they got Sex in the City, and then they got, like, the late night thing, like, with Letterman and other people, like, Conan and stuff, where it's like, okay, here's the cool death and everything. And then they got, like, more things here and there, and they got, like, the Ed Sullivan thing, because that took place in New York with the Beatles, and they got other musicians, things like Bob Dylan, even though he's from Minneapolis. They got more things from John Lennon and other artists, and Bruce Springsteen, and keep it going there's like all these other musicians village people some rappers hip-hop interesting mixture of things and then film thomas edison more of his stuff and then it's like musicals are very big part like hamilton and lion king really big parts and then they got this whole new year thing where they take you up on this thing and you go up this elevator and then you know, you get on this ride, and it's going throughout New York called Sky Studios, and you're like, okay, cool, we're going to go on this cool ride, and that ride takes you to throughout, like, all New York, and you're, like, moving around, and you're getting wet, and there's all this, the wind, and the snow, and the rain, it was really cool, and they're like, yeah, if you take your phone and all the other things, you're going to lose it, so I'm like, okay, cool, that's over, I, you know, get my some bag ready, and I go to the friend's house, I'm staying Wednesday, go to his place, you know, wherever he lives in New York, then I take a bus, and this is something I learned in New York, is it's not, it's not like Chicago, where, oh, you don't have money in your pass, you can't get in, there's actually terminals on each bus stop, that if you have an MTA pass, all you gotta do is put it in the machine, and a little ticket prints out for the bus, they don't really check it, only like the police check it, but yeah, so I do that, and I meet a friend at Central Park, and I'm like, yeah, I did Strawberry Fields last year, you know, let's go back, because it's something I did a lot as a kid. There's so many things to do. There's like, yeah, I don't really want to do it because she's been all this stuff. I'm open. I want to hang out with her one-on-one. I have a crush on her. I've seen her. I haven't seen her in a while. But, of course, someone else hang out with her. Then she's like, another friend's happening. So it's like walking and talking, catching up. Her friend's pretty cool. Then we walk around the area. We drink at a bar. She gets the first round. I'm like, I want to treat her to dinner or drink or, like, a, an event. Like, I'll pay for the tickets. But, of course... All these people there. She's like, yeah, get around. She asked, buy high noons. I'm like, seltzers? Okay. I'm like, there's something dollars on three seltzers. I'm like, yeah, if I eat dinner tonight, it's not going to be expensive. You know what I mean? And then, you know, we're like, her friend has allergy issues. I have allergy issues. The other friend doesn't care. So we're walking down the streets of New York, south of the park. We get to a Chinese place. I'm simple. I order the Chinese fried rice. I wasn't even thinking about anything else. So we're walking around. It's pretty cool. Then I'm like, can I get a photo with her? And like her friend takes like a thousand of them. So it's like, okay, cool. And then I rush back to the house, to my friend's place, excuse me. And it's like, okay, I got, I'm not like necessarily going to change change, but just relax a bit, charge my phone up. And I go to this comic club called The Stand. Because I see that for two nights, there's every Preacher Lawson and John Radinsky. And it's like, wow, I know both those people. And then every person that was at that show, including the dudes, Warm People Lux, Max Manikoff, this girl went to Columbia College, this other woman who's verified, like, they're all really, really, really funny. And you're just like, wow, I, how, how can I get this lucky that, that you go to this thing and you're like, okay, so... This Maddie Wiener went to Columbia College. She's hilarious. Max Manikoff, who was the opening dude, is funny. Santa Werner was pretty funny for the most part. Mark Norman is like the opening guy, and he's pretty funny. 
And there was some other dude who, you know, I obviously don't know who he was, but they're like, he was on the Obi-Wan show and he had a joke about taxes and being rich and stuff. And I'm just like, you know, he's all right. He's funny. But that one thing was really funny. And I'm like, great time. I tell the host and I'm waiting there. I need to be in the first row. And I get pretty much the first row and I'm sitting there and, you know, they, you know, John Radinsky comes out and sees me and we talk somehow. He says, we're Christian. I'm like, no, I'm Jewish. He's like, oh, we're both Jewish. Can I come for Passover? Your family likes you. I'm your only fan. Turns into like, my parent likes him. My brother likes him. He's like, wow, I thought you were my only fan. Because I told him he should have won an Emmy on the show. The Big Leap was unfortunately canceled. He was shouldn't have been fired from SNL. All these other things. And he was like, wow, man, I appreciate like you really like, like my night. Like, I don't many people that come all the way to, from Chicago to see me. I could have come to Chicago. I'm like, yeah, can you see Paul McCartney? He's like, okay, that makes sense. And like, yeah, so he's like told all this information. And there's somebody wearing like a Terminator suit jacket and pants. Just imagine. Suit jacket and pants. The material's all that can of reason the rest of Terminator stuff. And they're like, okay, cool. So he, everyone's talking to him. And he spent his first talk, part of his thing talking to that guy and me. And he's like, he's my agent now. Because he found out I was a casting dude. And, like, his sket, his uh, set was funny, making fun of, like, OnlyFans and, like, video people and Justin Bieber and what his summer's going to be like because he moved back to New York from L.A. because, obviously, the filming of the TV show. So, yeah, he was really funny. Everyone else was a preacher lost, and I met him before the show, told him how much I liked him on Connecting, the show that was via Zoom most only, and how I thought he was funny on all the other comedy shows. Got a photo with him at the end of the show because he wanted to talk to me in a court. John Rodinsky was like the second comic, so he, of course, left for the day, or third one, and I should have ran after him, and I'm like, no, I paid all this money, I want to see them, but for $15 plus tax, they didn't ask me to stand, do you want, it? you have to buy a drink or a snack, I didn't pay anything but the ticket, and all of them were pretty funny, you know, the Obi-Wan Kenobi guy had re- one really funny joke, and it was like, awesome, so never going to forget this, and I'm like, maybe I'll come back another night, because some of these people were funny, he was doing again Wednesday night, so was Preacher Lawson, I'm like, yeah, I go to the Mets game Wednesday night. So yeah, I get a photo with him at the end of the show. I talk to all the other people. Then I come back to my friends. And uh, Wednesday morning, I was like, what are we going to do? So we go to the, they say Adler Planetarium, but that's a show. There's a part of the Natural History Museum that we didn't, I did some of it, not all of it, that is all this information about space. But then it was about rocks. It was pretty boring. And the dumbest thing is, why do you have to reserve a ticket to get in if you're not going to pay if you're a resident of the New York, New Jersey whatever area or student when you got to wait in line for an hour man it was a wait in line for an hour was it think the the most you could spend in that part of the museum is like 20 to 40 minutes at most pretty boring everything else costs money and i'm like i don't want to pay for more museums and there's other museums i want to do but he didn't want to do them like you don't have to do everything with me then you know you race back i try to get on the train to go colbert and some idiot jumps on the track so i can't even get off the train i'm on to get onto the next one, and that train doesn't show up, and I'm like, great, am I going to stay here, wait here, and the way the Colbert's is not as good as the way they do with Seth Meyers, they have you staying on the street, and if you're there, like, early, early, I guessing, it's not randomized, maybe, I'd have to ask again, but again, nobody answers the phone at the Ed Sullivan show to let you know about anything, so you're just like, okay, cool, so if it wasn't, you know, randomized, I could have been there early, but they got an upstairs and a downstairs, so you're waiting in front of the Ed Sullivan Theater, then on the other side of the street, and they're like, yeah, you got to go to the bathroom, do all these things now. And I'm like, I didn't get a chance to or whatever. And they're like, sorry, you got to turn off your phone as soon as you walk in. So there's a cutout of Stephen Colbert. There's all these things like, nope, no photos, no anything. And, you know, when you're waiting on someone to go to a baseball game with you, you got to give them updates. 
So then I'm up there in the rafters, and of course the guy warming up talks to me, asks me about what I eat for lunch, called me a peanut butter freak, asking what I do and stuff, and I was like, okay, cool. So at least the guy warming up. But the problem is I have no idea who warms up Colbert because, you know, and, uh, you know, he was pretty funny. Paul Mercurio, he was he was not bad. I thought he was pretty funny. And the guy, Seth Myers, I can't even remember his name, but he was pretty funny too. And it was like, yeah, it's not bad. And then Colbert took time to tell you the process of the show and talk to you and things like that. But of course, you didn't get to my hand, my hand was raised up, blah, blah, blah. There was a woman who was talking really weirdly, but she recorded an album with someone from John Baptiste's group. And of course... Like Fred Armisen and Seth Meyers, no Fred Armisen, no John Baptiste. I'm like, okay. Colbert kind of went, you know, extra with his wife doing a segment. Then he did an adoption dog segment with Emma Thompson, who, of course, that's cool. She's an amazing actress. And, you know, you know, the game, you know, they got her the night ship and stuff. Her segments went long. They had Thompson Gurner record it the day before. I want to actually, like, physically see the guy. Maybe do stand-up. But, of course, it was just him talking and stuff. And... Then I was like, screw it, I gotta turn my phone on so I can see if my friend's outside. And I took a bunch of photos upstairs, downstairs, that sort of thing. I didn't care. And then while I'm waiting in line, do you know what happens? There, you gotta wait for the street to cross. So the light turns green and we're crossing. But a car in an SUV, you know, one of those SUV Chevy or Chryslers or Escalades, whatever, turns and you're like, and you're trying to get out of the way and you're looking, who the heck is trying to run us over? And you see a short guy with the nose and the ears and gray shirt and sunglasses and he's like trying to cover his face and I'm like Ben freaking Stiller like I know what all these actors look like Ben Stiller's driver almost ran me over as I'm trying to get into Colbert interesting so I was trying to get I was like why are you trying to get out then I'm like maybe I'll take a photo nope then me and my friend like took the train to the Mets game usually I get to games early but there was nothing free they're giving out you know the Brewers weren't starting the Jewish guy Rowdy Tellez so I was like maybe before the game I could have talked to guys maybe got an autograph Either way, we sat down, then my friend's like, we got to go grab food and drink. And we walked around a lot because he wanted to show me around to all like the food courts and things like that because they got sushi and vegetarian food and this, this and that and a kosher section, all these different things. And I didn't get to like the customer service desk because if they would have told me at the beginning of the game that Mr. Met comes around the first, the fifth, the seventh, I would have been able to maybe get a photo with him. I haven't done that before. And maybe if Mrs. Met was there, that would have been cool. Of course, the Mets lose one game that whole entire week not Tuesday not Thursday not the whole entire weekend pretty much or that's previous Sunday they were off on Monday they lose that Wednesday night 10 to 2 to the Brewers and I don't hate the Brewers but it's like oh man because I didn't get lucky DeGrom and Scherzer both injured and I was like I'm gonna get McGill or Peterson I got one of those guys I didn't get Carrasco I didn't get Trevor Williams I didn't Chris Bassett the former Sox pitcher none of that stuff so of course I'm just like great whatever you know I broke down bought a hat bought a program my friend bought me a souvenir cup to drink and kosher food because the same price. But obviously you get less food, it seemed like. Yeah, it wasn't bad. But then my friend, we're train hopping. We're just not on one train. We go from one to the other, one to the other. It's hard to keep up. Then a bus. Then when I get to sleep at his place, and it was interesting, he was like, yeah, you'll meet my girlfriend and my roommate. But they were too tired. Never did. So as I see my friend, I haven't seen him since 2017 when I got off the plane from Israel. Then afterwards, you know... I went back to my friend's place to regroup, change, eat my breakfast, get all these things all well, I eat my breakfast, get all these things set up. And it works out that I'm gonna take a train to New Jersey, the New Jersey transit. I only took a bus. 
from New Jersey to the Mets game and from the Port Authority bus station back to New Jersey from my New York trip. So I never taken this specific train, which is obviously way faster than a bus. You know, my friend's like, I'm not going to be able to pick you up from the station. I'm like, nah, it's not that bad. I want to get as much time in as possible. So I take the train to this South Orange stop and, you know, I walk straight this way, then I make a right, then I made another left and another right. These streets die and stuff. And then it seems like all these suburbs in Jersey are small and they're right on top of each other. And it took like 15 to 20 minutes. I'm a fast walker to get to Maplewood, New Jersey, which I don't remember going to. It is something my mom probably knows. And, you know, I see my friend. I haven't seen my friend Arielle since they moved to San Francisco and now back to where she's from, New Jersey. They're like waiting until the kids showed up and I got to meet the baby. Got the baby a big, got the son a Mets shirt, got the daughter riding the last dragon puzzle, and the daughter doesn't really remember me because she was a little kid when they lived in Evanston, you know, Chicago area. Turns out David's parents are in town, which is why I couldn't sleep over when the concert's over, but that saves me an Uber trip back, paying any money. So they're like, yeah, we're making dinner. You want some? I'm like, sure, I brought peanut butter sandwiches, but like, okay, cool. Spend time with them, catch up, and I saw David last year because he joined us at a Yankees games, but couldn't join us at anything else. I'm like, oh, that's a good chance to see him. His parents thought I was cool. I haven't seen them in a while. Find out, even though they lived in San Diego, and now they were they lived in St. Louis, so it's interesting, and all this other stuff. And yeah, fun time with the Randall. My Uber Lyft came like for five minutes. It was twenty eight dollars, and I was like, hell yeah, twenty eight dollars. That's not bad. There was a little traffic, but he was like, I'm gonna avoid certain highways. And then when you get to the stadium, everyone's trying to get to this exit that has you turn around. And I'm, he's like, you can get out. I'm like, nah, I've done all this walking and all this other stuff. I'm good. Finally get there. Paul McCartney's supposed to go on at 8. Doesn't go on until 8.30. Not bad. Not a bad, not a big deal. And pretty much, you know, my only issue with the Paul McCartney issue was a Giants fan who I met before the game because he was Michael Strain. And we were like, we're like, that's really cool. We're all set. But for the first, like, 10 songs of the show, the dude has the nerve to get up. And it's not that he's standing up. He's like, you know how crabs move? He's going right to left, right to left, moving his arms and legs in the air, flicking around. And it's not like he's short and skinny. He's kind of big and taller than me. And he's the seat to the left of me in the front, but not right in front of me. But he's taking up two things. So here's the thing. He's like, oh, the view is bad. I'm like, no, I can see Paul McCartney right down there. He's like 20 feet in front of me. And then you go down and you look because I didn't want to be all the way in the back looking. I want to be on a side. So the only negative is you can't see him play piano, his keyboard player, the brass section or the drummer or some other people. And the drummer's a really cool person. But of course, you're just like, I don't really know. That sort of thing. But yeah, so you're like, okay, cool. You know, you realize, well, you're just going to lean to the right and lean into his wife and she gets mad to get mad. I'm like, I want to film it. I spent over $200. If I want to film it with my right hand or my left hand and look one, and then if you're sitting down, I can put the camera to one side and then I can look to the other because you don't have to look through a camera. I want to be able to see with my eyeballs. I'm trying to tell him I can't see. Like, tell me to F off. I'm like, dude. I can't see with my eyeball, and I feel bad for the people behind me, but yes, I'm not that tall, but I also feel bad for the nice person to the right of me, because I'm kind of looking into, I'm kind of leaning to the right in front of him, and he's like, no, it's fine, I could see, and I'm like, I feel bad, but again, I pay all this money, I could do what I want, this guy's doing whatever he wants, of course he's hammered, so yeah, Paul McCartney does, Beatles song, Can't Buy Me Love, I wouldn't pick that as an opener, but that's just me, then he does a wing song, Junior's Farm, Letting Go, and eh, not the best, Gotta Get You My Life, Beatles song, and that's kind of when he got like, got up to do, Come On To Me, it was up. Let Me Roll is one of my favorite songs, so I'm just like, and he talks about Jimi Hendrix and stuff, and I'm like, dude, just I want to see this. Getting Better, classic Beatles song, Let Him In is another wing song. My Valentine's About His Wife, I would do without that. 1985, underrated song. Maybe I'm Amazed is my favorite Paul McCartney song. Like, this guy better not be my way. I've just seen a face. That's a Beatles song. I could do without it. In spite of all danger, the song that he wrote with 
George, and John, and two other members. And they each like took turns sharing it. And then the last guy goes, yeah, I'm going to sell it to you guys. And so we played that. So that was cool. Then he did Love Me Do. That's a famous Beatles song. Blackbird's one of his most famous Beatles songs that dance tonight. Something that he's done on a lot of his tours. I can do without of it. Here today same, uh, is, is, is his thing to John. So that's fine. You know, about John Lennon passing, that makes sense to do a tribute to him. Then New is from his album when he did the colorful piano. I'm like, that's cool. I like that song, but I prefer Save Us. And I'm like, yeah. Then he did Lady Madonna. Like, you know, I've Just Seen a Face or, you know, the choices that he's done so far. I'm, I'm just like, yeah, I could do without it. Not a big deal, Lady Madonna. Then he has F-U, F-U-H, and that's supposedly a newer song, too. And I'm like, you could have just completely skipped that, I think, Egypt Station album. That was the last one. Then he did The Benefit of Mr. Kite. They had interesting uh, instrumentals. But again, another Beatles song that you probably couldn't have done. There's probably three or four Beatles songs you could have done instead. Something, again, talked about George Harrison, the mandolin. It's a tribute to George Harrison. Perfect. Always been doing that. Oblady Blada is a dumb song, but it's a Paul song, you know? Never giving my monies from that whole Beatles thing. From that album, that's great. She came through the bathroom window. Again, it's all from that like Beatles album where it comes together and things like that. Abbey Road, White Album, whatever, towards the end of their career. But again, I like Joe Cocker's version. Get Back, that song rocks out. Band Down the Run's like the biggest song ever by Wings, so that's fun. And then he's like, I got a special treat for you. I'm like, oh, that's that Peter Jackson thing where he does a song, a duet with John Lennon. And you're like, that's really, really cool and stuff. And you're just like, nope, the treat is... He's like, I got a man from Jersey. And Bruce Springsteen comes out, and the place goes nuts because this is in East Rutherford, New Jersey. And it's Bruce Springsteen. Okay? And they do Glory Days. Not Born in the USA or Born to Run. It's Glory Days. And that dude's having fun, the guy in front of me, and I'm having fun. But my mom would love this. Then he does I Want to Be Your Man, which is not a song that Paul sings. It's a song that Ringo sings. It's not a Beatles song. It's a cover. And Bruce does that himself. And it's just fun to see the two of them singing and playing together having fun. Then he does Let It Be. Live and Let Die and Hey Jude. And those are three perfect songs between the Beatles and Wings to end the show. And then they come back on and he does that duet with John Lennon of I Got a Feeling. So it's another song that I could do without, but it's a Lennon tribute. And then John Bon Jovi comes out and says, hey, Paul, you got a birthday. And this guy in front of me shouting, happy birthday, Paul. And then like with George and John, he's like, you're my favorite, you're my second. I'm like, shut up, dude. And Bon Jovi doesn't sing anything. He just sings happy birthday, gives Paul balloons and walk away. Which then Paul McCartney goes, anybody got a birthday or whatever, happy birthday. They do the birthday song. Because, like, the end of rock and roll concerts, you want all the songs to rock out. Birthday does. He does Helter Skelter. The song, I love it, but the words are stupid. That's our song they rocked out. Then they do the whole Golden Slumbers Carry the Weight the End. Where it's like that whole other thing. You gotta carry the weight all thing. And Bruce comes back for the end, the finale, which makes sense because during the Grammys of 2012, Joel Walsh, David Grohl, Paul McCartney's, you know, guitarist who switched back and forth between electric, acoustic, and bass, who've been, who were on the stage the whole entire time because Paul kept going back and forth between the piano that's like col- that's colorful down there, and then the one on the other side, like a grand piano sort of thing. And Bruce comes on, and they're like, yeah, they trade guitar riffs. They're like, no, I want to go. Do you want to go? It's like, okay, you go, you go, and stuff. And then it ends. And obviously, when they did Live and Let Die, they shot fireworks off, and then it started raining a bit, which was cool. And then the show like ends, and he did like 40 total songs, and you're just like. Man, oh man, that is awesome. I think I got my money's worth because you get special guests, you get special tributes and things like that. And you're just like, yeah, now obviously it would be cool if he did, you know, other songs. Like I'm, you know, Strawberry Fields Forever, 
you know, maybe, I really wanted I Saw Her Standing There because that's one of my songs. When she was just 17, you know that song? That would have been cool. And she loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like things like that. There are just certain songs that, as I'm saying, I wouldn't have done Lady Madonna. I wouldn't have done I've Just Seen a Face. And I also would not have done The Benefit of Mr. Kite. There's like three songs I probably wouldn't have done. And you replace them with I Saw Her Standing There, Strawberry Fields Forever, She Loves You, I Want to Hold Your Hand, things like that. And some of these songs are John Lennon's song. That's fine. But Eleanor Rigby, that's a Paul song. That would have been something that I would have not mind doing, man. That's where just like that's where I'm just like come on man, that's where I'm just like I saw her standing there, all my loving. You know, eight days a week would have been cool. You know, I'm down, I'm really down. But paperback writer, when you do the songs that rock out, like doing I saw her standing there would have been great. And I'm like you didn't do yesterday, which and Eleanor Rigby, which has like surprised me, or even Michelle. I'm glad. You know, I'm just like come on. Good Day Sunshine would have been great. Penny Lane would have been great. Hello Goodbye, as I mentioned. Sorry if I really Heart Club Band would have been cool as well. But the end is pretty good to have that as a thing from that album. Songs that rock out. Magical Mystery Tour would have been cool. Back in the USSR, again. Like, back in the USSR, I saw her standing there. Eleanor Rigby. And, like, yesterday. And I'm sitting there to myself, like, why in the world did he not do that? You know, Paperback Writer. Those are like songs that are just like, what in the world is he thinking, man? Like, those are pretty big songs, man. Even doing the song, quiet songs like The Long and Winding Road, which I'm not the hugest fan of that song, that would have been cool. That's all I'm going to say there. It's like, that song is cool. Fool in the Hill, even though it's a quiet song, that's a song you can do as well. I said, Penny Lane, Hello, Goodbye. You know, I'm just like, eh, I don't really know. I'm just glad you need to drive my car, okay? Then the concert's over, and they tell me you can't buy a bus pass unless you buy it ahead of time. I'm like, okay, cool. So then everyone's waiting to get on the train. Then we get on the train. They're like, don't worry about it. Get to Secaucus. Then you get off at Secaucus. Then you get on another train. Then I get on that train, and then I got to get back to my friend's place, and I get back to my friend's place. It's a late night. It's like, what are you going to do? I'm like, let's walk around, like, Times Square area for a bit, you know, something like that. But we didn't do that. We went to Central Park Zoo. And after going to the Bronx Zoo last year, which took like the whole entire day, I don't think I saw everything. I was running through things. The kids' zoo was awesome. It was like, okay, cool. You know, rarely can see the red pandas. Some of the animals are not out because they're so hot out. And you got, cool, cool. We did the penguins. We did a lot of cool things. And you're like, cool. The Central Park Zoo is definitely where you go because it's smaller and it's cheaper. And, you know, it, we went pretty quickly through it. And... You know, I like seeing the sea lions and things like that. And there was a lot of primates and monkeys and a lot of birds and peacocks. And there was a snow leopard, which was cool. And, uh, yeah, then you're going to walk out of the zoo and then you can't get back in. But, yeah, grizzly bears were cool to see. The penguins, the, the snow leopards, the lion, the, you know, and then they had all the different birds. And they had the children's zoo. And the children's zoo had, like, the usual, the cows, the, well, not the cows, but, like, the bulls, the sheep, the goat, you name it. All these, you know, farm animals. And, of course, you get in and you're like, okay, cool. And then this ram, well, this, you know, goat, whatever, his horns are big. And he's huge. And he's pushing all the other goats. And I got more fun doing that. Then, you know, you walked around the area, went shopping with my friend. Then I partaked in a Shabbat dinner across the street of my friend's, other friend's place, the one who I saw Thursday night. He was running it. And, you know, they made fish. It wasn't bad. But I haven't been to that sort of, like, communal Shabbat dinner since those people moved out of Chicago to San Francisco. Because there's nothing in Chicago anymore. 
and that was cool. I saw somebody I knew before, but I don't remember, and then other people, and then I was supposed to meet up with a girl. Didn't work out, going around Times Square with her, or him, whatever you want to identify as nowadays. And I was like, I'm going to go to a comedy show. And, well, unfortunately, Mark Manikoff's show was sold out at 11, so I went to the 10 o'clock one. And this Paul Veerzy dude, he was pretty funny. Bonnie McFarlane, she was uh, pretty funny. And Rich Voss, though, on the other hand, he's just insulting people. And then some dude's looking at his phone. He's like, what are you looking at? Oh, the Yankees scored. He's in the first row. And this, I'm like, dude, that's why I want to be the first row. The, the only thing I'm upset about the stand is they tell me to stay here and wait because they don't want to seat one person. They want it to be multiple people. I'm like, I get it. I get it. I get it. But either way... They told me I could sit here, and they're like, get off the chair, move to the booth. Then the manager yells at me. He's like, two minutes before the show, you got to go all the way to the back. I'm like, all the way to the back? No, I'm not doing that. They're like, yeah, because then people are just jumping on top of me to the right of me. And I'm just like, yeah, if I'm there, I'm good. And wouldn't you want somebody all in the first row? Whatever. And this dude is in the first row, and like, he's like, I don't care if the Yankees win. I hope they never win a game. I hope they do this, this, this. He went all on and on, and the guy walked out, and that's all I remember. Then this far dude, <coughs> Russian Jewish guy, he was pretty funny. I thought, man, this guy's funny. And this Ian Lara guy, he was pretty funny. The guy that really was funny was Sherrod Small, where he was like, you only can get comedy if you know things. So he's talking about Ten Bunny, and he's doing other pop culture references and things. It's like, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're not going to get it. And I was laughing. And I was like, one of the few people laughing. And then other comedians were pretty funny. They weren't like the funniest funniest, but they were not bad. Then... I was like, I'm going to go back Saturday night because, you know, I had so much fun and I want to see Max Manikov and I want to see Maddie, who were really, really funny. And so, yeah, I go back and I see them. They don't put me right away in the front row, but I'm in the second row. Maddie finishes the show. She's hilarious. Max is funny again. This Lev guy's funny. And, th- and then this woman who, you know, she only wanted to date people who have money, you know, Eva Evans, she's funny. She's pretty funny. Jamaican, whatever, origin. Descent, and I'm like, cool, that's fun. And there were some other people that were funny, you know, throughout the night. But this one dude was like, at such a low on his like talking, and he's like, yeah, that's where I met. And some of his comedy, he was like, just trying not to really, you know, get it. I don't think I saw this Nina Daniels woman who I followed, but this Gavin dude, yeah, he was like going at the slow pace and stuff, and he was okay. He was not the best, but he had some funny jokes. Then this other dude, I forgot who it was. I'll have to ask Max Manikov. You know, because I never, I, this guy was like wearing a hat. He's kind of balding and stuff like that. He goes, you know, I don't got to do any material because there's some dude sitting near me because I convinced him to be part of the group. And the guy looks like Rhino Sheridan, but he's spouting all this weird stuff, talking about sexual things, embarrassing the heck out of his daughter, embarrassing his son-in-law. And he's like, man, I got to do, I got to do stand-up. I just got to keep talking to this guy. And he just, just went on and on. This was really funny. And the max went up for a bit. Did more talking. It was pretty funny. And then, you know, I got a photo with Max, talked to him again, talked to Maddie and found out she went to Columbia College. I want to go like, cool, I went there too. Then, you know, that was over. I went back to my friend's place. Then I went up and got up and I went to the Barclays Center. I had no idea that the Liberty moved from MSG, which I watched as a kid, to the team. And the thing about the Liberty is they have had a team. They've been around for a while. And you're like, okay, cool. And the coolest thing was I get there and I see... 70 Dolson warming up, and I scream at her, and I'm just like, hey, it's me from the parade, man. I was a huge fan of yours. She's like, oh, yeah, cool. And this team is also the team that has Natasha Howard, who was on Seattle, my team when they won championships, and Sammy Wickham, the, the, you know, the shooter, you know, the marksman. And they got Sabrina Neska, the Kobe Bryant disciple. So she's like the star. And they're like, oh, my God, I'm like right near because they let me go by it like I did at the Bulls game. And they just hired Stanley Bernadello, who coached Phoenix for years, and they're really good. And that was so cool. Because I can watch them do warm-ups, 
and you're just like, okay, cool. You know, go around, get photos. I think I got Brianna Stewart's attention for a bit, Stephanie Talbot's attention. You know, Mercedes Russell, unfortunately, wasn't there, so I didn't really get her attention. I was trying to get Ethany Prince's attention, but she didn't pay attention. But yeah, everyone is Sasu Bird. They're all screaming at her, getting her attention, so she was waving everybody. This Gavin Williams, I'd never heard of her, but she just went off. She was great, man, because last, last year when I saw this storm when, you know, Sue Bird doesn't run the offense and Stewart's not down low, they kind of like triple team Jewel Lloyd, the gold mama. Lincolnwood native West, been her Facebook friend for years. It's like the second time I've ever seen her in my whole entire life to talking to her. Noel Quinn's a good coach. I saw Pokey Chapman got waved back to me because she was wondering, same thing with Stephanie Talbot. Who the heck is screwing my name out? And, you know, I sat, I just said, I'm going to sit here through all the intros and stuff. And then people were like, you got to move, I'm here. And then people got to move, I'm like, I'm going to sit the row behind me. No one showed up. And I basically sat, there's the two rows for the players and coaches. And then there's like the folded seats for the, there, and then they ask the actual seats, and I'm like, I'm like three, four ways, rolls away, so I'm seeing all the timeouts, the players coaching, taking all these photos, seeing all these players and stuff, and then I went before the game, you know, by the tunnel, and I was trying to get, you know, Brianna Stewart's attention, all these other players' attention, and people on this, you know, Liberty, but I got Jewel Lloyd's attention, and I was like, Skokie, Lincoln, whatever, I got her attention, got a photo with her, she's like, yeah, I remember you, it's been a long time, I'm like, yeah, I just don't want to bother you and stuff, being a professional, like, obviously, if I send her a message, you just ignore it. You know, I got her phone number and everything, but it's like, I'm not going to call her because I would love to have her on my podcast. Same thing with Dual Nader. Like, I would like to have these professional athletes that I know on the show. So, yeah, I saw the whole game. Went at half court, halftime by the ESPN studio. Wasn't sure it was recording it for ESPN, but it was a primetime game. You know, this woman let me get as close as possible. Then I went back, and I got to see Super hit, like, a bunch of shots, go at shots, and they won. The last time I went, they lost in overtime, but they got a win. So I was, like, riding high, and they gave out a free New York Liberty hat. I'm like, cool. But they don't show you what the back looks like. For some reason, WNBA has an exclusive marketing deal with not snapback, not Velcro, not small, medium, or large, or extra large, or one size fits all, fit to your head, or fit it. It is buckle. And I don't like buckles. So I'm like, oh, whatever. Got a free promotional item. Cool. Then I take the train back. Don't have enough, whatever. And then I'm friend, my friend goes, well, I'm sorry. The, the you know, the profit place he works for, the... The, the, the van is not in service. It's being worked on. So you'd have to come all the way to this borough in New York, drive all the way to where you are, drive to LaGuardia Airport, then drive the car back to where it is, and then take the train back. And my friend's like, I don't want to do that. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm tired of taking all these trains and these buses and all these other things. It's like, I'll go with you. I'm like, well, that kind of defeats purpose, but whatever. So we do that. You know, I then, you know, get on the bus, I get off the bus, and then I'm, like, so tired, I went to stupid South, uh, you know, United, not United, like, but, like, Delta Blue, and they're, like, no, this is not Southwest, and then, of course, they finally got the smart idea when there's a huge line, let's open up multiple, uh, checkpoints to let you in with your, you know, scan your car, look at your ID, then the woman doesn't even have a scanner, and then, of course, I'm waiting, waiting, get on the flight, and I'm, like, eh, I'm not good, I'm not gonna get another thing, then I land, and my issue is, I finally get off the plane, and this time I didn't have to sit all the way in the back, I get off, and I'm like, great. They purposely, when you get into LaGuardia, the first thing is you walk through this like children's mall play area, all these stores, they want you to buy something. Midway, you got to take forever to get to your baggage claim. So I thought by the time I get to my baggage claim, I won't have an issue because, hey, it will be there when I get there. Nope. It took like 10 to 15 minutes for it to finally show up. Then I'm like, I finally got it. And then I'm like, well, I got to get to the orange line. Like I said, on the way there, it takes you forever done this walkway to get all the way to the orange line. And then because 
I don't know, because it's so late at night, they don't have the escalator working. I got to take it down the train, down the stairs, then up the stairs again to the stupid train. And then the trains are full to capacity. You would think they would leave. Nope, they didn't freaking leave. They did not leave whatsoever. It took forever. And then it took forever. And then I got out. And then I had to go down the stairs with my suitcase. Then I finally got back. So, yeah, the highlights of this trip were obviously seeing my cousin on Long Island. You know, experiencing that. Not seeing Jurassic World. That was not a thing I want to see. The late night with Seth Meyers, going to Crown Heights, hanging out with friends, sleeping at a friend's house, seeing that Eldred Saints, uh, Eldred Street Synagogue, you know, going to the Rise Museum was pretty cool, doing stuff at Central Park, hanging out with a friend, meeting new people, the John Rodinsky experience, the Preacher Lawson experience, going to the stand and having funny comedy all week, meeting all these other Jewish funny comedians. Colbert wasn't bad because Emma Thompson and Tom Zagura are not bad. I'm not just a huge Colbert person, but at least the person warming up thought I was funny. You know, Planetarium was okay. The Mets game, even though they lost, it's always fun to go to another city, even though I'm, I'm trying to accomplish all the baseball stadiums I haven't been to already. You know, taking the New Jersey train, seeing friends I haven't seen, you know, exploring New Jersey, seeing Paul McCartney. Obviously, it's been a bucket list. My whole life has been like Beatles, Batcher Boys, Green Days, Foo Fighters, you name it. Got to see these people. You know, Times Square or something where they got this official baseball store. I was enamored and go in the NBA store, which is super expensive. And the things I wanted to get for the bowl, they were out of. And the NHL store, that's where I bought stuff because it was pretty reasonable. You know, having a Shabbat dinner at the J4J because I haven't done that in a long time was pretty cool. And then the last thing I want to get to is I went to Chabad Saturday morning. And they said they started at 10.30. I get there. No one's there. Go to the bathroom. Only two people show up. This lady started talking conspiracy stuff. I'm like, I'm good. People are grabbing coffee. There's only a few men. You need 10 to do prayers and all the other stuff. More women show up, then eventually more men show up. But again, they're getting coffee. The rabbi's schmoozing with people, and I'm just like, come on, let's go. So we didn't start reading from the Torah, you know, the, the scripture, until like after like 12, 30, 1 o'clock, because they're waiting for 10. They grab somebody off the street. Someone else came. Someone else left. All this maneuvering around. Then finally, like after 1, we're done with everything. I get the Cohen Ali, which is cool, because I haven't done that in a while, because the last time it turned out there was another one. The guy who grabbed the train with a lady off the street, and there was Kiddush. You know, the food afterwards. And I'm so happy because there was Cholent. I haven't been to a kiddish because my parents said, God, stop doing them and then do them and then stop doing them. And I haven't been in the area in a long time. The South have been doing it. There was Cholent, the middle, you know, Eastern European stew with like beans and meat and potato. That was great. Other stuff was okay. And yeah, then obviously comedy shows, going to WNBA and sitting pretty much courtside and interacting and meeting and talking to players was really cool. So yeah, thanks for listening to the first ever episode of Off the Radar number one where we Kind of talk about some sports and pop culture, but it's more about just things happening. And like, yeah, Dear MTA, get your act in order. Dear Orange Line, get your act in order. As always, follow me at Twitter, Radar4428, or my blogger, Radar4428. OnTheRadarMedia.com is my website. On the Radar Table Blog is my Facebook page. On the Radar is the name of the podcast that you can usually get on Apple, Google, Spotify, or the YouTube channel where you get movie reviews, baseball observations, and this new Off the Radar podcast about the New York trip. See you guys next time.